0: Well, you're guide to the comic book multiverse now in podcast form i'm luke and i'm devin uh this week on the show we have a special interview with artists of x-men 92 along with dozens of if not hundreds of other comics scott koblish how are you doing i'm good hello how are you doing well <laughs> uh yeah so i mean you've literally done hundreds of comics you've been around for ages but it really seems now like you're getting a lot more high profile books you're doing x-men 92 which has been fantastic so far but you also did like a lot of the marvel adventures uh you did uh the deadpool run yeah uh also
1: deadpool's art of war yeah and yeah and you did the fantastic cover for deadpool's wedding with literally pretty much every single character that's ever been created on it
2: yeah, there was a lot. There wasn't every Marvel... Ca- you know, it's funny because there were a lot of Marvel characters that I didn't put on there because they weren't kind of updated at the time. Like, there's a lot of characters that I would have loved to have put in there, but I thought that it was kind of interfering with uh, what I was trying to do, which was put all the characters that were kind of in the Marvel Universe and highlight it now. Because, um, well, I put in a, th- a few characters that just aren't in them.
1: Like, I put 3D Man in, and... I- I was going to say, you put all the Agents of Atlas, I love that. Yeah,
3: but I wanted to have it like a,
2: like if you were to look at Marvel like that week, like what was it that they all looked like? So it took a lot of, that was, was, the reference
3: was what took the longest on that project, just because I had to make sure that I knew everybody, and then put everybody in, and then put them in the current
2: costumes, and like, I, it was funny because I hadn't been reading the, the Avengers uh, books up until that point and then I started reading them and then I got hooked so the current Secret Wars project like um, I've been following that thread for the past two years <laughs> so simply because I did that cover I, I wouldn't have even looked at them well it's, that's not true I, it's, I would have looked at them but I, I wouldn't have followed them as closely as I had so it was kind of cool.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, with the cover, was it you got to pick a lot of the characters, or was it partial editorial mandates for who can and can't show up?
2: No, I, I chose all those characters. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a general idea of how many it was going to be. Like, I thought, I thought it was going to be a lot, but you know, I only found out how many were in there once I was done with it. Like, I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have a, a number that I was shooting for. In fact. For the Guinness, I got the Guinness Book of World Records for it. I, if I knew that that was coming, I would have put in a few more characters. Like, I had some room. I could have put in another however many characters It would have gotten to get to, to 250 or, I think it was 200, yeah, 260, 60. you know what I mean? Like, I would have tried a little harder. A round more, number.
0: You can, just say, you can just say you've got a bunch of the Micronauts in there.
2: Well, you can use some of the Micronuts uh, at Marvel, but you can't use all the Micronuts at Marvel. Mar- Marvel doesn't own all the Micronuts. It's like putting ROM in the background. Or something you really can't, you really can't do that. You know what I mean? But you can put some Space Knights in the background. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I could have put Hit Monkey, and I don't think I don't know if the Punisher's in there. The only the only characters that they had me take out were um, <clears throat> I took out. Um, well, I call him Miracle Man because I'm of that generation. But Marvel Man, Miracle Man, and um, uh, the, only, the other character they had me take out was Honey Lemon because I put Honey Lemon in there, but it wasn't, the movie was coming out and I didn't know what she looked like in the movie. I'd used an old version of her and they said, don't bother, just, and we swapped her out for Electra, so it worked out okay.
0: Yeah, you know, a kid-friendly hero from a Disney movie—same thing as a uh, murderous Greek assassin.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we swapped her out for a different person, but yeah, yeah. And actually, I would have, would have loved to put all the
3: the big hero six in, but at that point, we didn't even know—I didn't even know what the character
1: designs were going to look like. So. Yeah, it's crazy how different they were from the movie to the comics. Mm-hmm
2: they were really different i mean the personalities for some of them were the same but but uh in general it was uh, they just took the idea and ran with it in a completely different direction i would love to do like a, a comic based on that but i don't know i don't
0: know where the disney properties are right now mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if they're boom or not anyway i think uh <laughs> i think disney got the rights back to them or they're like getting them back later this year they'd let their rights run out uh, before Boom passes them back.
2: Right. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the cover, like, it, it was just something that, you know, that was the only thing that they were just like, don't even bother going down this road. There's no benefit for anybody to draw a character that's, like, a quarter of an inch high, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, why don't you just swap out one of the other characters that you didn't put in there? And Elektra was one that I had not... I just have a blind side for Electra. Even though I worked on her years ago, I just... I,
1: I don't think about her very much. <clears throat> so... Yeah. So I guess, yeah, moving now into your most recent thing with X-Men 92. I guess, really, yes. how's that been? Good it's so been far. a lot of
2: fun. It's, a, it's an infinite comic first, so I've been treating it that way. Like, um, everyone will get to see the print copy at the end of June. I think it's June twenty fourth the book comes out, but um, but the what I've been working on first and foremost is at making it an infinite comic. So it's sort of in between storyboards and animation and comics. It's like a melange of um, you know most uh, most really
3: interesting uh, mediums are a mixture
2: of two of two previously similar mediums or or, you know so you get jazz out of like classical music and uh african uh uh, tribal music you know what i mean like yeah Yeah. jam the two things together and you get a new art form uh and and it's kind of this way with the infinite comic stuff it's um
3: it's like there's a little bit of animation in it in that um um
2: You're controlling the time that somebody sees an image. So if I open up a comic book, there's a page there. And uh, everything on that page is sort of segmented into panels. And each one of the panels are visible all at once. Or you can follow through and read the panels one at a time. In an infinite comic, I kind of have control over the whole thing where I'm, I'm presenting each panel to you one by one. Uh, there is a there is a way to look at the page. I think no, I don't think page total. Well, anyway, it's it's harder to do, but it, the oh. panel can be kind of surprised. So yeah. even even where um, normally you would be reading left to right completely, I don't have to have that happen. I can have it so that um, uh, you have a Full panel, and then I have a new panel that would show up on the left hand side or on the right hand side. It's just like I've set it up so that there's a couple different things that could happen in it that wouldn't be happening in a normal reading experience in a comic. Um, And uh, um, because it's digital, um, there's just a few things that you can do that you wouldn't be able to do. Like I can swap out a panel. Let's say I have the same background, but I have two two different figures uh, doing two different things. I can swap out those figures for a new set of figures, and it gives it uh, some continuity of uh, space and time. Um, but it, it you can't do that in a comic really. Like Frank Miller used to take a whole bunch of um he used to Xerox off panels, and then he would put them one 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 next to one another to create it. of an illusion of time with this i can actually create that separate time you know just because i'm overlapping
3: the panels as opposed
2: to putting them next to one another
1: so so i'm actually i'm kind of curious how does that work then when you make it into like the print comic that's coming out in the end of the month because like i remember there are times where like yeah like the word bubbles would switch but nothing else changed Yes,
2: so uh, I, yeah, I'm i tasked with, with putting them into a form that I can put it into print as well. And at the beginning of the project, I asked my editor, I said, I'm like, should I focus on on uh, uh, the print aspect of this, focus on the infinite comic aspect of this? And he said, well, try and focus on the infinite comic aspect of it because it's... it's it's kind of interesting for everybody to try like new things in that that area but as a consequence I sat down when I tried to put the whole book together into a a comic form I ran into uh, like a few places where just because of the way that I I put panels and 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 move things around and set up like repeating images and stuff I'd have to I had to take
1: a few things out mm. in order to get to the the page count that we needed for it. Like, um, there's one
2: panel in, uh, and, I, and it really killed me to take it out, but there's one panel in the Infinite comic where Jubilee uh, sort of has her thumbs up and she goes, Jubilee wins! And uh, I just, I had to take that out uh, just because it wasn't, it wasn't moving the story along in the print version. It was just a, just a fun thing to do in the Infinite Comic, and uh, so it's not in the print version. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be a couple panels that we can put in the the trade or something like that of things that didn't make the cut. But um, I've had I had to on the second issue of the print comic I had to kind of uh,
3: cobble things together uh, even a little bit differently than
2: I had done in the first issue too, like. There was a, a whole bunch of repetitious panels that I had with Storm um, fighting the villain, and uh, I had done all these these repeated panels with like one image changing behind her each time, <clears throat> and um, I had to I sat down and if I had put it down in the in the book it would have been just three panels or sorry three pages of just Storm. With
3: only the the background changing over three pages of, of stuff, so I had to really try and figure out a way to make that visually interesting too. So it's been it's been an interesting experience. Uh, you know, I've I've found that even making the
2: print copy has been kind of a challenge once I've made the, the infinite comic and it may be that I'm creating more work for myself. Well, I know I'm creating more work for myself than I should, but it's kind of interesting to me
0: to, to try and play around with different things. So, Yeah. I know uh, when I'd interviewed uh, the writing team for the comic, uh, like they had said, a lot of what they did was they had like a sort of outline that they passed on to you. And then, they had to go back in and add the dialogue based on what you had written. How it was a really interesting experience for them, based on that.
2: Good, yeah. I I've I've been having a lot of fun with it. It, it. Part of it is it's sort of Marvel plot style, so that like like they have they have a lot of stuff that they want to put in, which is great. I love it. Um, but it's it. Sometimes I'm juggling like stuff where I'm like, I can't believe can I even fit all of this stuff in here? Like, so, but it's been great. Cause I can, if, if I have a sequence where, um, let's say, um, there's a whole bunch of dialogue that needs to happen between professor X and like the beast or something like that. Like I can make a panel <clears throat> where, um, where, where it just leaves them a lot of room for dialogue. Um, but it o- it only gets represented as one screen. So I still have 74 screens to go, like they can put a ton of, uh, of dialogue in there and it doesn't cut into the things that I need to move around for action sequences and things like that. Like, it's just a lot of thinking about like the actual, um, uh, like the actual mechanics of the thing becomes such an obsession. That uh, I have to kind of juggle the storytelling with the with the things that they need, with the things that, that I think that the story needs, and it's been a lot of fun to do it that way. Um, uh, and they've been everyone's been really great about it. So um, I don't know, but I'm really happy to hear that they they enjoy it too. The the dialogue when I see the dialogue after I've done the pages uh, and the screens, like. What's really fun to, for me is to read them because I didn't a hundred percent know what everyone's saying in each in each page like sometimes I would throw in a couple extra people because it's the x-men there's a lot of people in the X-men so I would I throw a couple extra people just to be in that room even though in the plot they kind of said that this person is talking mostly to this person I would throw in all the other characters and what I thought was fascinating is that Chris and, and Chad would put in dialogue for those characters that are sort of in the background too. And it really made it fun for me because I, I didn't know that they would be saying anything. I wouldn't know what they wanted to say. And um, they put in so much stuff in the dialogue. It's been really great. Like, there's a lot of real meat to this. Like, um, it's based sort of on the X-Men in 1992. So uh, at that time, they're a, they're a really wordy bunch of people. And um, I think the benefit that you get out of having a wordy bunch of people is that they're all talking to one another. Like, there was a period in comics in, like, 2003 or 2004 where you would you would open up a page, and there would be, like, one line of dialogue. And then you'd flip the page, and there would be, like, another line of dialogue. And um, that was fun for a while, but uh, I kind of, like uh this project in that it, it has different parameters like there's a lot of there's a really there's a huge amount of information that gets dumped into your lab about who these people are why they're doing the things they're doing what they're gonna do next um in a short amount of time like um each chapter is is really only it's seventy five screens so um there's, there
3: is a lot of room and there's not a lot of room at the same time like it, it works out to being about
2: 15 pages per chapter in the print book <coughs> so if you think of it that way,
0: I don't know it, there's a lot to juggle with it and I'm still getting used to the two mediums together so yeah it, you, you're doing a fantastic job on it so far I'm uh, really That's enjoying it uh, now, were you a big X-Men person in the 90s, or like, drawing all these characters bringing back memories for you?
2: Yeah, they really are. Like, my period of time where I did the most X-Men reading was like, 79
3: through, why 80, '89.
2: I went to college, and then I had like, zero money in college. And I would still pick up some X-Men stuff here and there. Like, I read some of the Jim Lee stuff when he first came out on the X-Men. And then when I got to Marvel, it was the first week of 1993. So I had to kind of scramble to to see where everything was at the time. And I didn't have a TV for a number of years. So the animated series, I didn't see a lot of that stuff. So it's kind of weird to me, like there is a blind spot that I have in the X-Men and it is that 1992 period of time. So what I've done is I've gone back and I've read a lot of the stuff that was there and pieced together what had happened. Cause by the time I got to Marvel, everyone, everyone like Jim Lee and those guys had left for, to form image, I think like just the months before. So, um, it's just fascinating for me to read that kind of stuff. At that time period because uh i really hadn't had very much experience with it at the time so but i know all the characters obviously and i mean by the you know the characters that were set up in the years around 1990 are the same characters that were floating around by 96 97 so like there's a block of time that these characters are in their prime and 1992 is really like their prime, like like um, Rogue and Gambit are right at the height of whatever their budding romance is, and, and Cyclops and Jean have been in a reset position, so that the two of them are, and in, in some sort of romance again. Like you've got that that three sided thing with Wolverine, um, the triangle with Wolverine, like all this stuff that's been kind of. <clears throat> I love where the X Men are now, but it's not those characters any longer. It's not those kind of things like Rogue and and Gambit have solved whatever romance that they had. I haven't seen the two of them in the same room in like, I want to say 15 years, maybe longer. You know what I mean? So like some of these characters in the, the places that they are, it's really kind of jarring for me to think that it's been, you know, 24 years or 23 years since those characters were in that that segment because in my head I guess they're always kind of there but they're not they haven't been there that way in 15 years so it's a really weird kind of like if you think about Rogue and Gambit together like I don't think anyone who's younger than 30 you know has ever experienced the two of those characters in that particular romance do you know what I mean so
0: well I'm 28 Five, yeah. but like I grew up with them on the X-Men animated series and yeah. right there they had the romance but like oh, yeah. past...
2: that's, that's the benefit of, of of choosing this time period that all that X-Men stuff is with the the uh, the animated series with the comic and with all the, the licensing stuff like it's all kind of
1: mixed together into this big mesh so <clears throat> yeah like I think I think, Ro- fun, I think it was like Rogue and Magneto was the most recent sort of romance she had going for her and
3: like that was sort
1: so of foreshadowed in Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, wow. Maybe so. I don't know. I it, it, no the Rogue. Didn't she have some sort of thing with Sentry? But that was kind of retconned into it, wasn't it?
1: I don't know. So, yeah. See, this is the
2: thing. You know, the X Men they move <laughs> so fast, uh, and they have so many characters and so many things happening. It, it can be a
1: little weird to pick, like, one particular time. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I've been uh, listening and reading through with uh, Rachel Miles explaining the X-Men, and so, like, that's where where my understanding of the X-Men ends, and then I've got a bit from X-Men 92, and then the Morrison run, and then a loose understanding of what's been happening over the past five years when I've been reading modern comics, but even then, it's like so many large gaps in between
2: yeah yeah but it's fun i i I really enjoy having these characters at this particular time and doing like i've been spending a lot of time sort of introducing um like i didn't want people to not know like people who have been reading the x-men comics for the last 10 years to not know they might not know that rogue and gambit have a relationship so like um uh, there's been a there's been a little bit of explaining things because i I want people to come in and read the comic and be able to read it like um uh, on its own from the beginning and and be able to catch everything that they possibly can catch because there's a lot going on in the plot like over the next couple chapters like there's a lot of things that are happening so I felt like the first chapter I really had to like kind of go like. Okay. Here's this person. Here's this person. Here's this. Like, there's a sequence I did where <clears throat> you just saw their heads, one block, where there was an introduction, uh, you know, for each character, and like a little bit of dialogue. Felt like doing that kind of gave us the ability to to say, okay, here's where they are. Here's what they sound like. Here's a description of their powers and abilities, and then uh, and here's sort of. Who they are to each other over the next couple panels, and then we could just take off, and then also throw in the monkey wrench of it being a Battle World um, a story because it's all tied in with the Secret Wars stuff, too. So, like, even though my focus is, is, is the 1992 period, like, it is tied in with the fact that we've got um, Baron Kelly ruling over Battle World. And there are other uh, uh, people and groups within that are going to be competing and trying to take over Battle World. You know what I mean? Like there's
1: a mm-hmm. yeah. there's a great. It's just great. I I've been really happy with with just trying to make it as complicated and dense yet clear. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of competing things. It's it's fascinating to me. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually going to say, how, like, different is it, like, drawing something that's kind of, like, the tie-ins for, like, the big events versus just, like, doing, like, a solo thing?
2: Well, this is really, I guess, my first real big tie-in with things that are happening. I guess we did, in in Deadpool 34, we did a tie-in with the, the um... Axis? Sin, yeah, Sin's pastor or the, oh. the... Original Sin? Yeah. Original Sin, thank you, oh, I'm sorry. And, um... So that's been kind of... It's just been fun. I mean, for me, like, I love to be a part of the Marvel Universe. That's really what I loved when I read everything, that everything was interconnected and had, like, a, its own little piece. But, like, um, but a, 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 it's part of a larger tapestry. So um, all the battle world stuff has been fascinating to me to read. I don't have... I only have insight into my book, um, or the book that I'm working on, I don't really have a lot of insight to what's happening in the the Secret Wars project itself. So, what's been fascinating to me is to read the the um, the Secret Wars, you know, the series, and go, oh, okay, that's what that meant. You know? <laughs> like what, when when Chris and and Chad like. And Jordan, when they said, "Hey, put this in," oh, okay, that's what that meant. That's great. All right, it works out for me now. Like, so, it's a weird perspective, but um, it's still great. I, I really, I love to being part of the Marvel universe in any way that I possibly can, and and it's a, um, it's a real joy for me to see how everything's tying together. Like, I just picked up um, uh, Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos. To see where that tied in with all the Deadpool stuff. Because I've been working on the Deadpool stuff for so long. I wanted to see where Jerry was going to take um, the relationship with Shikla. And then uh, the monster, the, the monster metropolis and stuff like that. I wanted to see where everything is going. So I try and keep up on what's happening around me. But I sometimes I'm reading at the same time as everybody else. So sometimes I'm piecing it together just as I go along you know, it's, it's enjoyable, like, there's the, there's it's kind of like watching a TV show, but being part of the TV show at the same time, so you're surprised, and you're also sort of moving pieces forward on your own, so it's a little bit of, like, um, it stays exciting for me.
0: Nice. So, do you have a favorite really weird mutant character?
2: Uh, there are a whole bunch of really great I've been uh, there's a whole bunch of characters that show up in chapter three I think at the end of chapter three and there's a few of my favorites in there um, I, I don't know how to talk about it, I don't want to spoil some things you know the, the the digital the first two chapters are out now but the print copy isn't out so it's, it's a weird place to be like I feel like some of this stuff shouldn't be spoilers like the villain but then some people haven't read it yet you know like the majority of people who are going to read the series are probably going to still read it in print so uh, but I I, as uh, me as a personal I I always loved like characters like um, like Maggot or uh, (laughs) you know Leech and um, and Artie and uh, just the weirder kind of um, the oddball characters I really kind of always had an affinity for. Um, I always liked Beast. Beast was always is always a lot of fun to draw. Um, he's a, or too. I kind of I really like the way that Grant Morrison had done um, Beast having a secondary mutation. But uh, but it's it's also interesting to do to draw the Beast the way he was looking in 1992. Because it's not even the way
3: that he looked back in 1973 or 74 when he first came out. Because he used to have this weird hard, almost like a fin kind of
2: thing on the top of his head. And it wasn't so much like hair. Like in the 90s, uh, they changed it so that he looked more like Wolverine. Which always I I thought was such an odd... All of the characters for for X-Men 92 share one thing with the other characters. So, like, Scott Summers, his, his mask has the hair on top, which, and then Gambit has, also has a mask that has the hair on top. But Gambit's mask mirrors uh, Jean Grey's mask, so she has the same mask as Gambit, and Gambit has a coat, and so does Jubilee, and they're both of those coats are the same length.
3: And then, um... <clears throat> Uh, Jubilee rolls up the sleeves. Gambit doesn't roll up the sleeves, but
2: Jubilee rolls up the sleeves, and then um, Rogue rolls up her sleeves and has a coat, but it's shorter, and uh, and and then Wolverine has uh, shoulder pads, and Jean Grey shares those exact same shoulder pads. <laughs> wow. So it's it's the weirdest thing, design-wise. Like everybody in the team shares at least one thing with somebody else's design so it's it's not like where like havoc when his costume at that time was just that black shape with like the circles he's not on the team necessarily so like he you know if he was in there you would have they, they would probably have somebody else with circles do you know what I mean like the way that the x-men were drawn at the time yeah, yeah. it was just like everybody had one thing that somebody else shared and it except that they weren't they weren't the uniforms like, like the New Mutants used to have where everybody had the same costume, or the X-Men, when they first started out, they had the same costume with just slight modifications. This is a weird one where it's like, like I said, Gambit has a coat, Jubilee has a coat, nobody else has a coat at those lengths. But it's just so weird to me like that they've got these, like, one thing for each character tied in, and it, it's it's just a weird... It's a weird... It's weird to look at because I can't tell if they did it on purpose or if they did it by accident. You know? <laughs> so, it's just a weird design kind of choice that they had for for the X-Men at that point. Like, even uh, Jean Grey's uh, shoulder pads are a little bit more uh, triangular, uh, but they're like the same shape as uh, Storm's shoulder pads. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then sh- uh, Storm doesn't have... Uh, she had she has leggings they're kind of leather like leggings but they're from the waist down there's no lines in between so it goes straight down to what's essentially um uh high heel boots and the same thing happens for jean gray like she's got like these leggings like there's no there that's indicated it's just it's just a, a weird time for the design for those characters to have to try and piece that together, like I've gotten past, I've gotten over the hump of, of having to have reference next to me the whole time, but um, but when I when I still sit down and I draw a Gambit, like occasionally I'll in the pencil stage I'll have rolled up his sleeves, and then I realize he doesn't have the sleeves rolled up. You know what I mean? That's that's Jubilee that has the sleeves rolled so. up. <laughs> wow. It's little things like that. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I shouldn't be having a meltdown about it. But it's one of those things where, like, I was, like, I was trying to piece them all together. Like, I was trying to draw them all right next to one another. And I realized, you know, like, Wolverine's hair is the same as the Beast's hair. Like, and I was, it was just really throwing me, like, except that the Beast has glasses, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was just—it
3: was really throwing me. It shouldn't
2: have thrown me, but it did.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things that you have see in it now, you can't unsee it.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, once I once I sat down and I was like, Jean Grey has the almost exact same headpiece that Gambit has. But why? You know, like
0: <laughs> they go to the same mall.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I just couldn't piece. it. I was like, why? Why would that be happening? You know, like, and the fact that uh, Gambit's hairpiece. Like, he has his hair up there. I had to make Gambit and uh, Cyclops' hair. They're the same color, so I had to really work hard at making sure that they're different shapes. Um, not so hard. I mean, I really enjoy... The hair has been a lot of fun for me on
3: all the characters because all the women characters, the hair is reaching for the sky. Like uh, It's definitely like um, you know, like
2: 1992 in New Jersey... With like just teased out hair, everyone's hair is super teased out.
1: So, bring it that way. Actually, yeah, Cyclops's hair is one of the things I actually was noticing while reading it because I was kind of like, no, Cyclops usually had like sort of messy hair, but I just always loved it in every single battle scene. It's like always perfectly combed, perfectly straight. It, Nothing
2: wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, his hair is yeah sort of perfectly coiffed, but it, it's thin hair, so it's it's um. It's not that hard for him to keep it in the
3: same shape. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Like, it's not curly at all, so... Um,
2: it's it's fun. You know, it's it's really... It's a blast to draw these characters and, and doing all the things that they're doing and having the adventures
1: that they're having. So it's, it's kind of a lot of fun for me to do. Um, so... Is there any big character like, from the Marvel Universe that not necessarily is going to appear in this series that you haven't had a chance to draw yet that you'd like to draw?
2: Well, there's been a couple that I've touched on over the time periods. You know, I, I'm always surprised at what characters like I really have an affinity for that I didn't know I would have an affinity for. Like Deadpool kind of showed up out of the blue for me. Um, but it's been like the one of the most rewarding characters for me to work on emotionally and mentally just the writers have been fantastic the editor's great the and the, the direction that the character's been going has been really interesting to me so it really fires on all these cylinders that i didn't know any i didn't know that much about well i knew a lot about Deadpool, but i just didn't know that i would enjoy working on it as much as i do Because it's been it's been just it was it had been a lot of fun, just to try and uh, pull in all the things. You know, when you're working on something, you can kind of be too respectful of the things that came before, Um, and I find that that's my weakness is that I'm I'm just too respectful of some things. I don't want to I don't want to mess with things. But with Deadpool, I think that there's been a good balance. Like. I didn't feel like I was being super respectful, but I didn't feel like I was being, you know, dismissing anything that came before. I just wanted to make something new and make it interesting. And uh, I felt like I could do it here on Deadpool. Um, and that, that's that been a lot of fun for me over the last couple years. And it's something that I didn't expect. Like, um, I really love Spider-Man, but I don't know that I'm the guy that should be drawing Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, like if I really have my druthers, if I really... Like, if you were to ask me what I really want to work on, and it's, it's really the Imperial Guard. <laughs> if I really want to do an Imperial Guard comic book... <laughs> uh,
0: I can definitely see you doing yeah, that. Because, I mean, you do have a great job for, like, drawing large numbers of people and making them all present when they need to be, in like, just adding character in the way that they're drawn.
2: Yeah, and I really, I love the aspect of science fiction that you can go in with the Imperial Guard, and the fact that they have these warring uh, galaxies that are, you know, the you've got the brood going against the Shi'ar, and the, the
3: I would love to do, oh man, I would love to do a book on the Imperial Guard. Maybe someday I will, but uh, yeah, if you were to ask me, like, what I would really like to do, I would
2: love to do a girl guard book at some point. You know, hopefully there's there's time in the next 30, 40 years for me to do something like that. Uh-huh. So.
0: Now, speaking of sort of obscure mutants, do we get to see Tusk show up at all?
2: Uh, no comment on that one. <laughs> 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 there's a whole bunch of characters that, that weave in and out. And, and we're not done with it yet, so like I'm still working on this sixth chapter, I think it is now. Hmm. So um, there's still there's still room to put in character.
0: Like, what characters would you like to see? Like, if you if you drew Tuscan, he is such a ridiculous character. Because are are you familiar with him at all?
2: I'm not that familiar with Tuscan actually.
0: Uh, he is a. Uh, large, beefy guy with a huge hump on his back. Uh, He's got, I believe, two tusks, and then out of that huge bump on his back, he releases a smaller version of himself.
2: No, really? Yeah.
0: And uh, he shows up in one episode of the animated series uh, where it's the sort of uh, not walk hard, uh, the one where uh, Cyclops is pretty much uh, he's ended up in a town, his powers aren't working, and he needs to sort of inspire the other mutant townsfolk to rise up against the people. And uh, Tusk is the person who he finally convinces to stand with him, and it's like, okay, this is a big, beefy guy, so he's like going to go up and like punch these guys or something. And no, he tosses out a little version of himself who knocks out uh, the main villain. And it's just such a weird thing, and somehow he ended up with an action figure that came with his back that opens up for the
1: tiny version of himself.
2: Well, maybe Tusk will make it in. I don't know. I'll throw it out there.
1: We'll see what we can do. It's because him and I love Psylocke. I mean, are people who are, like, past the 90s allowed to appear in this? Or do you guys have to, like, keep it before then? Because, like, I love Quentin Quire, but obviously he wasn't really brought in until Morrison's run in the
3: 2000s. Right, yeah, the
2: focus is kind of the 1992 group, so, yeah, Quentin Quire, I like him as well. Uh, um, I don't think that he'll appear in yeah. this one. Well, and he, might, and he might be in, in some other Secret Wars thing as well. Like, there are a couple things that are happening in the main book. uh, And I'm not saying Quentin Quire is in the main book, but I'm just saying that there are a couple other characters that are running around in the different universes that are being focused on. Mm -hmm. So, like, Colossus is in our version, makes an appearance. He's really one of the main focuses in um, uh, the Inferno book. What they wanted to do was focus on a whole bunch of different characters in different aspects within the battle world, Groups, because there's more than one X-Men group.
0: Yeah, yeah there's like quite a few. L- like there's the uh, E is for Extinction, which is the very Morrison-inspired yeah. book. Yeah. Yes, you
2: might you might get a chance to see uh, some of those characters there. You know, so because yeah. it makes more sense to have them in that section than it would to have them in our section anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We have so many characters running around. The mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The
0: climax of this thing is going to drive me crazy so, <laughs> <laughs> so if you have the opportunity to draw x-men 92 2 x-men 92 with a vengeance would you take that chance or that opportunity
2: yeah sure yeah 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 i mean i don't know what's hap- well i have some inkling of what's happening in my schedule after this book is over but right now i'm really focused on what's happening like this week Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I'm, I'm probably working on this till after the san diego convention as well so like there's there's some aspect of like one thing at a time you know what i mean like you just go like you're, you're so overwhelmed with the thing that's in front of you and you want to put all your energy into that like it kind of thinking about the thing that would might be happening afterwards like it's just too much to really work on at the same time do you know what i mean like like thinking about x-men I, ooh, uh, it just might snap my head in half every moment. but uh, but uh, basically yeah I, I'm just so obsessed with the thing that's happening now like I'm doing the storyboards for one section now this weekend and I'm just really like focused in on trying to make this thing happen like certain things have to be in certain places and so it's just a lot of juggling and I have to keep it all straight adding Thoughts about sequels or whatever. It just I can't I can't have no room for that in my head. <laughs> So, uh, but I'm you know I I really like working for Marvel. So you know hopefully the next assignment is is still Marvel. I, I love my editor. He's fantastic. And well, my assistant editor is awesome too. I don't want to leave her out.
1: Uh well, do you have any other questions? Um actually yeah, do you how long is this series lasting for? Do you know? Like issue wise?
2: Yeah, right now it's uh I think it's eight chapters okay. uh that I'm I'm working on. So uh that'll translate into four issues. Um right now I'm in the middle of the what would be the third issue. So uh, I haven't gotten to what happens after chapter eight okay but, but so far it's in my, in my head like I have I'm working on chapter six now so I mean there might be more chapters after chapter eight I, I can't
1: remember but right now in my head I think' we're going to check okay because yeah I wasn't sure because I know like things like A-Force are becoming like they're on like ongoing projects I couldn't remember if X-Men 92 is going to be one yeah, of those yeah it might well. be
2: this one is too I, I don't I don't like I said I, I, I'm just focused right now I'm pretty I don't know that's, I, I a, think, good, that's a good question I, I, I don't have an answer for
0: it <laughs> I think it was solicited for four print issues at the time being, oh, okay uh, uh yeah, yeah. Oh, those are big questions I had yeah um Where can people find you online? Uh, I am online. uh, You can find me on, I have a Tumblr account. I
3: have a, um, like I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Um, It's usually just my name,
2: like Scott Koblish, or like Scott Koblish is one word. I think on Twitter, I think I just took Koblish, which is, it's kind of a jerk move. I realized because there's a few other Koblishes around. There's not many
3: of us, but I, I snap I snapped up Koblish. This is years ago I did it, and then I didn't really
2: use Twitter that often. And I guess I've started to use it a little bit more in the past year or so. But I think I I snapped up Koblish on Twitter like same like 2007 or something <laughs> like that. And I just I did what I did for a while is I posted something every two. Two or two and a half years. I said one sentence, and then I would go away for two years, and then I'd say another sentence, and then at the end of like five years, I thought, well, nobody's getting this joke except for me, so <laughs> so I just started posting things. But I don't know. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, uh, uh, Tumblr, and uh, I have a blog. Blog. Coblish. Uh, I think it's Koblish.blogspot If you just uh, do a
3: a Google search of me you'll find there's not that many Koblishes around and there's no other Scott Koblish so like when
2: I was a kid I kind of I had the opportunity to take my my stepfather's name which was Young I would have been Scott Young or Scotty Young like so I'm kind Mm -hmm. of grateful that I didn't take that opportunity back when I was you know like 12
3: or 13 so um uh, because uh, I
2: didn't really know that the internet was coming, but once the internet came here, like having an individualized name means a lot more in the internet
1: age than it would mean when you're trying to fit in to what everybody, you know, to to middle school. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. Koblish
2: is an unusual name, so like you get lots of people going. Well, what's that? <laughs> what what kind of name is Koblish? <laughs> so,
0: what's awesome. my name? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for doing the interview. It has been a wonderful time. Yeah, it's been great.
2: Oh, sure. I hope. I hope it. I hope it. It's been good. I. I never know what anybody wants to hear from an artist. You know, the writers are are. Um, they're usually the better interview because they have like a real good sense of what's happening in the story and. And where the thing is going to go, and what things to tease, and whatnot. And as an artist, you're more focused on like the visual representation and the, the action and things like that don't really uh, translate that well into conversations. So um, it's like talking about a map. It's like describe It's it's very much like describing a map to somebody, where you go like, well, the the highway starts at the lower left of the page and it goes all the way up to the upper right you know? <laughs> and it's different you know for someone who's who's the writer they they have more uh, an animating force so that, that's probably why you don't hear a lot of you know i listen to a lot of podcasts and i just there aren't that many podcasts with, with artists there's a few good you
0: know anyway so thank you thanks for having me <laughs> No problem. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing came to mind. Can you do any impressions of X Men? Oh boy, um... <laughs> no,
2: I can't. <laughs> I'm terrible at that sort of thing. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm never. To me, my X Men. That's
0: about. That's as close as I get. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been Multiversal Q. Uh, you can find us online at MultiversalQ.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can email us at MultiversalQ at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Coltreg, which I feel bad because there is a Coltregas case who cannot use that name. Nice. <laughs> and I'm on at, uh, at Fredofet. Uh, yep. Uh, thank you again. This has been our interview with Scott Koblish and uh see you next week yep yeah. thanks yeah thanks thank you me. very much